This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. This is my co-host, as usual, Kim. As usual. As usual. Actually, you should bring in a guest host. That would be interesting. Who would it be? I don't know. But first, let me thank our sponsors. Thank you to our friends at RepairPal for providing this episode. RepairPal will help you grow your auto business. You can learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. All right, Kim, we are going to be talking about failing forward. I actually love that topic. Yeah, I actually, I wrote a blog about it recently and you were the one that suggested the blog. Where did we hear that for the first time? Do you remember? I don't know. You should have given me a warning that you were going to quiz me. It's about stuff. I don't know dates. It's been a long time ago. And I remember the Probably person. Probably Simon Sinek or something like that. I remember it was not. Dr. Cloud. It was not like a famous person that said it. It was at an event that we were at. And it was just like someone there on the stage said failing forward. They said fail forward and move on. I believe is what they said. Something like oh, that. How do you have such a memory like that? Yeah. But it was a very long time ago because we say it to our son all the time Mm -hmm. and have for many years. Yeah. And I mean, it's a big thing because people are afraid of failing, but the failing is where you learn. Like that's where the lessons are. That's so epic of you to say that. Really? Yes. Just very profound. Y'all, she's extra. Well, it's not even morning. morning. It's not morning. It is literally 2.45 p.m. But she is a little extra. She's over there drinking her caffeinated protein drink. She just got done to do with anything with Toastmasters. We're ending the day right after we record these podcasts. We have a few that we're going to be recording today to try to get a, a little few. bit ahead because that's tell how, it works. how many exactly four, four yeah. y'all. And this man, he didn't just meet me this year. We will have been married 25 years. He knows that my mental physiological clock starts turning off at 4 p.m. Failing forward. Failing forward. People are afraid to to fail because that's where the lessons happen. And I don't think that they're afraid to fail because that's where the lessons happen. Right, Why do you fr- think people are afraid to fail? I think they're afraid to fail because they don't want to admit that they're not perfect or they just don't want people to see their failures. Usually it's a pride thing. Don't want to try something new. I mean, sometimes it's a financial thing. Failing can be, be rough. I mean, gosh, we went bankrupt and we're going to talk about that today. I've talked about this on this podcast before, but Mark Cuban said it on an episode of, I believe it was on the Shark Tank, where he said it, and he was talking about how he won't work with an entrepreneur who has not lost at least one business. That is quite a statement. I love that statement. It's because an entrepreneur who has had nothing but success is that they're taking time bomb because they believe that they're unable to fail. And that's a dangerous place to be. Probably shouldn't say this. So if we had a little sound, a warning sound, I'd be playing that right now. But I think that could even be a question that we add to our pre-qualifying the clients that we work with. How have you failed before? Mm. When have you failed? It would be interesting to see. But we're going to talk about failure in marketing. We're going to get there. But 2008, we went bankrupt. If you've listened to our episode two, you can listen to it at shopmarketingpros.com forward slash two. I don't know if it's forward slash two or forward slash zero two. It's one of those. And also another one that we just recorded too. Oh yeah, the the idea of hope after bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. But in 2008, we did, we filed bankruptcy. We had our auto repair shop. We're young business owners. We were reading our own press clippings and 
believed that we were better than we were. And we found out just how weak, especially I was as a businessman, when I had to try to carry us through that bank, the road construction project, and it, it, led, it led to bankruptcy. But we are better because of it. Yeah. We have learned a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. That's the truth with any of your failures is that you, you should at least learn from them and become better from them. I know that Shop Marketing Pros is a much better business than Peak Automotive ever was. And it's because we have made it a point to strengthen our weaknesses and to be better business people. Going through bankruptcy, that was rough. And we didn't do the chapter seven. We didn't do the easy one. We did the chapter 13 where we paid that sucker off. Yeah. And that was tough. I think a key to being successful and being able to handle failure is the ability to adapt and to be nimble and flexible and kind of go with the flow because you can do all the planning and preparation possible. Truth be told, we had a road construction project and that was not. So things are going to happen to you that are not in your control, but you need to be able to bend and flex and adapt to be able to move through that season. Yeah. And that's been something that ever since then, and it's taken a while because even when we opened this business, it took a while. When I say this business, I'm talking about the parent business where we were doing marketing for all of the local businesses in our area. but. It took a while and we still made a ton of mistakes. And I mean, gosh, it's really just been like in the last four years where we really started doing things the right way and truly learning from all of those mistakes. And I'm sure that we'll learn from a lot more mistakes. Yeah. But failure sucks. I mean, it does. Let's talk about the fear of failure that people have specifically when it comes to their marketing. We talk to people often. They'll come to us having had already worked with other marketing companies or trying to do their marketing themselves. Or it'll be somebody that we meet at a conference who has not worked with a marketer before. They want to start doing their own marketing, but they're afraid to actually spend the money because of the fear that they won't get a return. Well, and I hear a lot of people where if it's not fear of money, which you may have in your thoughts already, but it's also a fear of releasing your brand or your control or letting someone else in and letting them do it. Mm -hmm. Like that was something for me, even just with our business, even allowing, we've talked about Caroline. Caroline, I think is the very first person really truly in the history of any of our businesses where I finally felt enough trust and comfort in letting her handle our baby. I think in addition to the fear of wasting money or losing money, but it's the fear of giving your baby, your business, your child to someone else to be the voice of. Yeah. And then there's the fear of doing things that you've never done before. I mean, gosh, when you started doing the marketing for Peak back in the day, you came from the classroom and from the being a school counselor to doing something that was completely foreign to you. Well, I remember you saying, I want you to do our marketing. And I said, I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you obviously overcame that fear. The same, like, what's the one big thing that we preach all the time that people are so scared to do? Which thing? There's a lot. Well, video. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And still, just somebody posted in our group that they hate the sound of their voice. And my response was, everybody hates the sound of their voice. It all comes down to the fear of failing with the marketing. You can take this and apply it to everything. But we're talking about marketing today, to fail forward in your marketing. Marketing, it can be the difference between owning a business or owning a job. It's the difference between retiring 
and just locking the doors and walking away or being acquired by some MSO. And you have to do that to build a business that's going to have some the value. It makes me think about, I don't know if it was Lucas or if it was Scott Palava who talked about walking into a shop this last year, I feel like. I think it was Lucas walking into this shop and seeing a guy who was just beat down, emotionally drained, could not even think about the possibility of leaving the shop to go to a training event, even a one-day training event, let alone fly across the country and go attend a multi-day event. I think about shops that I've personally seen where shop owners were just done. They were Mm -hmm. just done. And then you go look and they have no marketing. In order for you to grow your shop to where you can hire someone to relieve you from doing some of the work and then have another technician or have a service advisor end up with a general manager, you're not going to get there by just the organic, traditional, typical ways that people think of marketing when they're not actually marketing. So you have to do some of the other things. Time to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. Don't get left behind. Today's tech-savvy consumers value instant gratification, so they start their searches for a repair shop on their computers and smartphones. These power users research auto repair and service options and decide which shops to engage with in an instant. Gain these customers by being RepairPal certified. They provide proof that your prices are fair with their best-in-class estimator. They're the largest site for auto repair, and they will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com and through the recommendation of partners like USAA, CarMax, and Consumer Reports. As shop owners, we were in the RepairPal certified network, and it helped grow our business. You have to be in it to win it, so head on over to repairpal.com forward slash shops and set up a call to learn more. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. That's repairpal.com forward slash shops. So there's a lot of people that are probably listening who have spent money before on like Google ads or Facebook ads before they haven't seen the return. That didn't work. Yeah. I tried that once and it didn't work. It's a tough thing because we know that most of you are not just sitting there on piles of cash and able to. Yeah, none of us were, but it's a catch 22 because we know you can't spend the cash without seeing the return. You can't just choose to not market and have a business that you can ever get away from. One of the two things you're going to have to be willing to fail because there are some places where you're going to fail and then you're going to have to learn from the mistakes that you make and try it over again until you start getting it right. I want to share a big failure and I almost don't even want to call it a failure. It was a failure, but at the time it it was a failure. In the end, I'll let y'all decide. And I think we've, or I know that we've kind of touched on this on the podcast before, but to go into I have a, no idea where he's going in a little bit of detail. Well, we're going to talk about Renew Truck. Oh, okay. I do know about that. Yes. One of our clients is a company called Renew Truck. And Renew Truck, they rebuild spotter trucks. And spotter trucks are those funny little 18-wheeler tractors that you see at the distribution centers that they use to move the trailers around the yard with. They've got like a little single, like a cab for just a single person to sit in. They're square. They're funny little trucks. We have this client that we work with. And that was his first business that we worked with was that one. And he wanted us to help him promote that business, the service of rebuilding these spotter trucks. We start working with this client to promote their services of rebuilding these spotter trucks. 
one of the primary ways that we're going to do that is through Google ads. And we go in and we set up his Google ads for him. We're running them and it was very difficult to get anything going with it. We decided, okay, well, people need to be able to see the spotter trucks to understand that this is what we're talking about. So we take that campaign and we start doing some display ads, which we very rarely ever do display advertising for the auto repair shops that, that we work with. And we work with a lot of specialty shops. It's one of the things that we prov- that we pride ourselves in, our background where we used to work for all these different types of businesses, is we can get in there and figure stuff out. We can figure out how to make the marketing work. And we're like, okay, well, we'll figure out the spotter truck thing. We set up some display ads for it. And display ads are the ones where you'll be on a website like ESPN.com or something like that. And you'll see an advertisement that is a picture of something. And you can click on that ad. We're working on that and we get with our Google ads rep. Google ads reps, they're usually terrible. And I know that going into it. And I should have known this to begin with because get with the Google ads rep and they make all kinds of suggestions. We go run the ads and a very, very short time, we blew through $12,000 worth of ad budget with zero qualified leads. It was, I'm like, shut the ads off now. At that time, so I don't normally get involved in the building the ads or any of that at this point because most, even the specialty shops that we work with, we work with enough of them now that like my team has really figured it out. They've honed it in. But this was one, I mean, we'll probably never work with another company that does spotter trucks. Yeah. We got this one oddball company. Okay. In case you're listening, Rudy, you're not an odd <laughs> No, Rudy is not an oddball. The spotter trucks are oddball Such a unique, vehicles. Yes. Special, interesting. There you go. But I have to dig into this one. I get with my ads team and it's funny because once a diagnostician, always a diagnostician. If you can diagnose a car, which probably a lot of you listening to this can, then you can diagnose your marketing. And we get in there and in Google ads, there are different types of keywords that you use. You can use phrase match, exact match, and broad match. We normally use the broad match or phrase match and almost never use exact match. And in this case, if you think about the way that somebody is searching when when they go to Google, if we have ads set up to trigger for spotter truck repair and we have phrase match or broad match and somebody searches for truck repair, well, those ads can display. And they're not relevant. I mean, what are the chances that a person that searches for truck repair, they're looking for spotter truck repair or truck rebuilding or truck restoration? They're not looking for these spotter trucks. And the truth is, is there's so few people out there who are actually searching for that. So what we did was we went in there and completely rebuilt the campaigns. We had to use exact match phrases. If somebody does not type into Google exactly what we have set the triggers, those ads are not going to display. We sat there. I mean, we worked on it for days and days coming up with all of the different things that people would search for that would be exact Mm -hmm. to spotter truck. Well, a big part that I skipped was that $12,000 of ad budget. Mm -hmm. I gave that back to the client. Like I paid them that and I should have. I did because it was my responsibility to do that. We are the marketing professionals, even though our Google rep completely misguided us, which I tried to get them Mm -hmm. to cover some of it and they wouldn't do a darn thing. But that was on us. Mm -hmm. That was our ultimate extreme ownership. That was our mistake. So I gave that client that $12,000 back. And that was a big giving that back to the client was exactly what should have happened. The whole thing was a failure if you look at it in the immediate tense. But after we went through the process of doing things the way they needed to be done for that client with all these exact match phrases, 
we became so much better at running ads and we learned so much from that. And we created a raving fan out of the client. Yeah, for sure. Because when this happened, he didn't have to ask for his money back. It was never even something that he needed to suggest because I told him from the beginning, this is on us. Well, we're paying one for of our this. core values is integrity. Yeah. So just doing the right thing. That was the right thing to do. But it's a perfect example of failing forward because, yeah, there's no doubt it was a failure, but made us so much better. That's going to be the same thing in your marketing. When you are doing marketing for yourself, there is a failure that happens there. If you don't learn from it, then it's just a failure. But if you learn from it, then you're failing forward. You get to fail forward and move on. And in that moving forward, you have to go forward by looking back and saying, here's what I learned. Here's what I'm going to do. For us, those were some big changes that we made in that ad account. But sometimes it's about the small details, yeah. the little things that you do. Rudy has three other businesses, and now we do marketing for all four. It's because we did the right thing. It's because we learned. The results that he's gotten since then, even though there are very few people out there who are searching for those types of services, the ones that are There's not a lot of people for them to choose from. And he's like the best anyway. Mm -hmm. They have a really good close rate. And those ads have made them, I'm not going to talk about his finances on this podcast, but we've seen some of the things that have happened due to those ads. When you're talking about rebuilding basically an 18-wheeler tractor, that's high ticket stuff. So yeah, now with Renew Truck, we made these huge changes. We started from, from scratch, just completely rebuilt the ad sets. But I want you to understand that when you are doing your own marketing and you're learning, usually it's, there's a lot of power in like really small changes. Yep. So some little things, sometimes it's just changing the image or adjusting the voice to be more in alignment with who you are. Could be whether it's a button to click or text, Mm -hmm. the color. Do you have any other ones? Yeah, I mean, when you're marketing, it basically comes down to are you targeting the right audience? Are you using the right medium? And then are you putting the right offer, the right message in front of them? Yeah. And you don't want to go in there and just scrap something and start over. You want to pick one of those things, the thing that you think is probably the one that's not working and start there and make an adjustment. If you're targeting the right people in the wrong place, it's not going to work. If you're targeting the right people with the wrong message. message. It's not going to work. If you're targeting the wrong people with the right message, it's not going to work. So you need to make adjustments to to each one of these. And then if you're listening to this, you're probably an auto repair shop owner. So this is irrelevant. But when you get into things like e-commerce, like I've, I've read some of the case studies that have been done on that where they'll just adjust the color of a button and it'll make massive impact Mm -hmm. on the, the results that they're getting. I was just having a conversation with, I don't remember who I was talking to literally like last week. And we were talking about these energy drinks, like the bottles Mm -hmm. or the cans, I should say. And there are people, I think it might be Haley, actually, where they will buy something just based on the color of the marketing on the can or the font that's used. Or it just, it appeals to them. I think it was Haley because we were talking about Alani drinks and Celsius and these other ones. And the can that I was holding was an Alani drink and just mm-hmm. the way it was. And she was laughing because her husband, Daniel, said, you are the exact person that you're a marketer's dream because you will buy something that you don't need or want just because the packaging looks amazing. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we travel a lot. 
And I mean, Kim, how many times have we been traveling and we'll see a restaurant and just nothing from nothing more than the branding or yeah. the logo or whatever be like, oh, that looks like a great restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. We don't, get, we don't have a clue what the food looks like. No. I mean, I do because I stalk TripAdvisor and Google. But that's usually after pictures. you see a cool brand. That's true. That is true. That's very true. Yeah. You've got to cultivate a growth mindset if you want to fail forward. You can't do that if you don't have a, a growth mindset. Because look, if you believe marketing doesn't work, it's not going to work. If you believe that marketing does work, it will work. Because if you believe that marketing works, then you'll be willing to put in the time and the money to make those changes once you've had a failure. I mean, how many times have we had somebody say something like, I tried Facebook. Oh I tried God. Facebook advertising and that doesn't work. I, I tried Google ads. Blank. That yeah, doesn't work. I tried that thing one time and it didn't work. We hear that all the time. It's probably one of my pet peeves is when I hear that. Because let's put it in perspective for a shop owner. If somebody came to you or you overheard someone saying, oh, I tried to replace my fill in the blank one time and that didn't work. So I'm just never going to even worry about that. It doesn't make sense. We know our world. So people come to us because they don't have time to deal with it. They don't want to learn all the things that are changing and keep up with all that stuff. We're talking about all this. I love quotes. Mm -hmm. I usually get sayings mixed up all the time, but I love the thought, I guess, that came into this quote from Thomas Edison that you put in the blog when you wrote it. It just means so much. And he said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Mm -hmm. So he's learning every single time. Yeah. And then I put another quote in there, the Michael Jordan quote, missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Yep. Just keep trying. Keep going. Don't give up. We were talking about Thomas Edison and Michael Jordan here. Being willing to fail forward, it puts you in good company. Mm -hmm. You also, you have to balance risk with innovation. Just because you're willing to take a risk doesn't mean that you should be careless. You know, I believe in all the foundational marketing types. When it comes to, to marketing, look, I, I do think that People should look at the latest, greatest thing when some new way of marketing comes out. But I don't think that you should look at that until you have all of the foundations, like the your website and your Google ads and your SEO and all of that. If you don't have those things in place, you don't go chasing the shiny objects. Although I do think it's very funny that you, Brian Walker, mm -hmm. are the one talking about risk, balance, innovation. Because, y'all, he's the main one that I joke about, but not really, who will jump off a cliff. And this is where I always screw it up. I say he's going to build the parachute on the way down, but I think it's the airplane. Yeah, it works out. Whatever. But, but very high risk taker. Yeah, I will take risk in a, in a flat second because I believe in myself enough to know that if I fail, I'll come back from it. But... Even though I'll take risks, are the foundations in place or are they not? Well, I mean, most of the time, yes. <laughs> the time they are. You've got to balance that because you want to take calculated risks. You want to be investing your marketing dollars. You don't want to be gambling your marketing dollars. Don't go out there and try to do everything. Pick the things that you feel are going to be most in your wheelhouse and start with that if you're doing your marketing yourself. And look, we're marketers. Obviously, 
I have to say that one of the ways that you can reduce risk is by using, instead of trying to do things yourself, by hiring people who already do this stuff day in, day out to do it. That is one way that you can avert a little bit of risk. People know us. If they're listening, they know us. They know that we were shop owners first. We're not just telling people to hire a marketer because they want want them to call us. It's do what you do best and hire people or surround yourself with people who who do the things that you can't do. But I do love seeing the shop owners that take it and go out and just kill it. Like they do an awesome job with their own marketing. I don't know why. You would think that I would hate that, but no, but I love that's it. Fantastic. That's fantastic. And we always say that most recently, within the last several months, the name that always rises to the top for me is Don Stardy at mm-hmm. GLP because he's just a sponge. He wants to learn. He asks questions all the time. He's constantly messaging me or texting me about something and asking a question. Then a lot of times people will ask questions and you never see them do anything with what they've learned, but... Yeah. He jumps right in there. And, and another one is Joseph Schindler. In oh, our, yeah. In our, who has been in our Facebook group for a long time. At first, I thought he listened to the podcast, joined the Facebook group, and then commented. He actually just won. I pick once a mm-hmm. month the most engaged. So the person who's been commenting, posting, really being involved in the group. When I go into the settings of the Facebook group and I look at the list of the most engaged people, it will show me like their history. And so I could see that he's been in the group for a long time, just kind of sitting back there, maybe lurking, watching. And he... But he read the book. He read the book. He's been listening. He says he's listened to, I think, almost every podcast. Hey, Joseph, if you're listening now, but he's doing it. He's doing this stuff. Yeah. I mean, other ones, you got Lola Schmidt. She was on, I think the last episode, I think, yeah, this is episode 83. I believe she's on episode 82, her and Matt Wag. Marketing planning. She does an amazing job. And then, I mean, Callie Grace. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. Callie Grace Beerus. They're amazing. We so have some phenomenal, phenomenal shoppers. They're industry. doing their own marketing. Yeah. They're not hiring. I mean, we work with Don Stardy, but yep. the others that we're mentioning, we, we do not work with them. Yeah, they're not clients. They're just But I love watching them take the stuff that we put out there and go put it into action and see great results in their business. Yeah, absolutely. I get more satisfaction out of that than doing it for people. You said that Don is a client. However, the funny thing is he is a client, but a lot of the things that he's been texting and reaching out and asking about is like branding letter wrapping his truck and signage, yeah. writing letters and direct mail and things that we don't do. He wants to do more with his marketing and he's asking questions and I just love it. I and love a lot of those things are, are trying things. They're things we can't do for you. Like right. Joseph Chandler talked about joining B&I, mm-hmm. getting involved with his chamber, doing all this stuff in his community. And like, you can't hire people to do that for you. Right. I mean, you could hire an employee who represents your business, but like you can't hire outside services yeah. to do that stuff for you. And people are just taking it and running with it. So I love it. But anyway. But we love hearing what you're doing. I love seeing, I just saw where Greg Buckley went and posted something in our Facebook group that I hadn't even seen. It's been there for like a week. And let us know what you're doing. And don't forget to ask us questions. And we turn those questions into content that's helpful to you, but also other shop owners. So you can email us, ask 
at shopmarketingpros.com. Tell us what you're wondering, what questions, what marketing struggles do you have? And we'll answer you. If it's just a simple, simple answer, we'll answer. But we may turn it into a podcast or a blog or a class. Talk to us. All right. Well, thank you again, RepairPal, for sponsoring this episode. And thank you, the listener, for listening in. Hope that you'll listen in again next week. Remember that we are just one of a handful of podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can check those out at aftermarketradionetwork.com. Listen in next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.